station and do not reflect Malden Access Television, the City of Malden, or your cable provider. MATV welcomes your comments. Call us at 781-321-6400 or email us at access at matv.org. And welcome to Malden 02148. My guest this evening is Councillor at Large, Debbie DeMaria. But uh, before I uh, start getting involved with Debbie and our, our topics of the evening, I would just like to touch on a subject as far as 02148 as, as a program. For those who aren't familiar with the, the way it's set up, uh, we do a show every Wednesday, and I do the first Wednesday of the month. Uh, Jerry Leone has been started recently and doing the second month. He was doing the fourth, uh, excuse me, the fourth, second week. He was doing the fourth week previously. And uh, Mike Sharon d- does the third week. Um, if you stay with the show until the end, they run the credits of the people who are the moderators of the show. And that's the reason I mentioned the, the other two names. But there's a fourth person who recently uh, was no longer active here, but he is someone in my tenure with the program goes back. Uh, about 20 years, and I think uh, Joey was started uh, with MATV and uh, this sh- this particular show uh, before I did. The the other thing is that the name has changed. At one time, it was more than this week, and uh, in recent years, because there was a change in production uh, direction, uh, a new name was uh, discussed. And uh, someone whom I know, uh, uh, actually uh, Henry Ferrick, a retired firefighter here in Malden, suggested 02148, and we thought that was a pretty good connection for the purpose of the show. And um, as a reminder, the people behind the camera, for the most part, are volunteers, and I've mentioned this before. Although you do have always require full-time staff people to m- to do a show uh, uh, program and all those other things that the MATB provides to the local community, uh, the volunteers play a big part in the successes that do occur because these are people who give of their time. Now, we started with a, with a new camera person last week, Claire, who's a, a student at Emerson, and uh, she replaced someone else who had been here before and someone had been a while, but then there was someone before that, and that's sometimes the basis of the of a volunteer kind of situation where people give of their time and then for reasons personal and otherwise professional, they sometimes go off in a different direction. But I would like to acknowledge uh, an extent that Joe Panadosi, who was the moderator along with me over the years, uh, taking one of the weeks on a regular basis. Joe obviously um, is a well-known name in Malden for several reasons. One was, of course, the bakery in Malden, mm-hmm. which started out as, as a retail wholesale business on uh, Main Street in Everett, and years ago under the Urban Renewal, it came to Malden. They've expanded. They're far and away gone from a, a regional to a 
maybe at this point an international. I know they're for the most there are most states. And Joe's history not, not only with the Marlin MATV, also he uh, has been very active over the years with Marlin Chairman, one time serving as president. And again, sometimes people go off in other directions for a number of reasons. Uh, Joe, in the meantime, more recently, uh, started a radio program. He does it on Sunday morning. It's uh, FM 98.5, I think, which is the football station, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, it d it's an hour show. And the title of the show is Breaking Bread with Joe, which is good connection considering he's in the, in the dough, but he's in the dough in the way of bread. But anyway, I just want to extend to my own personal appreciation and best wishes to Joe and thank him for his many years of service to uh, MATV. So having said all of that, um, now for those of uh, you aren't aware, uh, Debbie last year was a council president. I was. And uh, what are the kind of issues that came up last year while you were uh, kind of holding the fort, so to speak, and keeping everybody in line. First, I want to say thank you for bringing me in tonight. And well, thank you for coming here. I was desperate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, yeah, so last year, I, I've been on council eight years, in, in public service eight years. And uh, last year, I had the honor and privilege of being council president. Um, it was a big job. It was... Uh, it was a learning curve, and I took it and ran with it and put my little spin on things. And when I figured out all the things that we, as a team, uh, accomplished, I was very proud. So it was just a oh okay, just a great year. So um, okay, so you want me to brag about all these things that we did? So I'm cool with that. So I think the the biggest thing that I feel I brought last year was a, a, a team um, atmosphere. We worked as a team, 11 of us. We not always agreed on things, but uh, proof was uh, as we moved through our finance um, meetings and budget and adjustments and uh, it ended up all the work that we did was in committee and... Um, when we got out to the floor, we were happy with our hard work. So a lot of times there's a lot of drama at the end, and are we going to pass the budget? And But it was a wonderful process. It was a great collaboration with the administration and uh, with Paul Condon, who was my chair of finance. So he did a, just a terrific job, um, as well as passing an $8.8 million uh financing budget uh, through Honeywell, which is a um, promised um, funding back. We're not going to lose a dime, and that will offer us the ability to upgrade our public buildings, such as our schools that are in such uh, need of upgrading. So that, that budget will allow us to fix uh, in an efficient way, and the... Um, the efficiency will um, give us our money back. So it was a win-win. So that was the last week in June. So that was a big deal. We passed that as well. So, Well, you say 8.8 .8 million. Exactly what is it being used for? It's being used for upgrading and uh, LED lighting and, you know, efficiency and um, the, the money that we will save on that rather than keeping all our old... Um, facilities in in 
dire straits. So. Well, it's a little hard to, you know, for, uh, you've been a long-term resident of Malden the, 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 a number of years ago, and now it's, uh, I guess it's about 15. It was a massive uh, pro uh, project done w within the city, f uh, and it, uh, it was geared towards upgrading schools, and obviously mm -hmm. what was done, there was some consolidations, but there were the ultimate result was that brand new schools were built, but mm -hmm. now they're, they're aging out yeah, they're almost. they're not new anymore. No, so. and, and, uh, and sometimes the newness results in maybe, not necessarily in this case, but sometimes the tendency is you neglect some things because it is new, or they are, the project or the building would be new or newer, and then you pay for it long at the end of the road because you've not done things on an right. hourly basis over the years. Maintenance, Maintenance in particular. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that I, um, I accomplished is um, it, for the first time, we have, we're governed by the charter as well as the council rules. So every year we have a rule book that we have to um, adhere to, you know, how to manage a meeting, how to move motions, et cetera. And um, so much of that language had been sitting dormant and incorrect, and no one was really following it. So uh, with the help of um, previous uh, clerk, Karen Anderson, dug our heels in, and for the first time 20 years, um, uh, we upgraded and, uh, and passed a beautiful uh, new council rule book and in that I folded in public comment so again last year was the first time we offer public comment as the school committee does they they have that docketed every uh, month so we will have that at council meetings and there's an allocated time they have to sign in and it does have to be on a subject matter that is on the docket and you know, for those naysayers and those that were afraid, oh, we're going to go off the rails, it's been very little, but the opportunity is there for our residents. So I was super happy with that. The, the, um, now, is, is that part televised as well as a regular meeting? Uh, oh, yes. It is? Yes. Yeah. Council meetings are televised. Committee meetings usually aren't. So the way it goes is council is one week, the next week is committee. That's when we do all our, our longer committee meetings. But is, is the public comment at, at when the meeting starts? Yes. Oh, it is. Because yep. I think that, maybe a mistake, but I thought with the school committee, they would then public comment before their meeting started. I may be wrong, but I thought that they... Oh, I think it's docketed similar to ours. It is. Yeah. I see. Yeah. It's, and the format's it's at the, the beginning. Mm -hmm. It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that's great yeah, for yeah, our yeah, residents. Yeah. So. You had, had to call in the police at any time for any disruptive people no. getting up there. <laughs> Nothing as serious as that. No, no. we haven't. And Speaking about the police, I just found out today um, that our Malden Police Department um, is now uh, going to be hosting a... Um, a social media um, kind of venue where they want to connect more with our residents and, and it's uh, they want to get out on the beat, they want to talk. I, I just briefly read it today and I said, my gosh, isn't that great? How lucky are we, you know, to have that connection. It's not just the police force and our residents. We're blending and collaborating, so I'm very happy about that. So great for the Malden Police Department. If they want looking for suggestions or public comments, I'll give them one, <laughs> and, and that's uh, it's a throwback to the old days. Uh, I was I was um, 
driving up Main Street in Wakefield the other afternoon by the Galvin School, which is right on Main Street in, mm -hmm. in Wakefield, and there was a cruiser parked on the opposite from, side from the city, uh, excuse me, from the school, and um, the lights were on the, on the cruiser were on, which, which suggests that the boat was on, and, and uh, there was a policeman actually working as a crossing guard for the kids. Now, I don't know if that's a regular uh, schedule item or whether maybe they were just doing it because of the maybe the, the usual person there wasn't uh, available or didn't, wasn't able to come to work or whatever. But I thought to myself, going back to the old days, that sometimes uh, that's a great community uh, opportunity for a policeman to get a chance to look very, be, be, look very favorably from the perspective of the kids and even the adults. Uh, sometimes if you talk about a police or firefighters, uh, and the, the contrast that was pointed out is when the firefighters come to your house, they're there to help you. Mm -hmm. When the police come, sometimes they're there for other reasons, yeah. and therefore, not being serious, but they, they don't always get a chance to give you the persona of the way that they really uh, think and do their, their right. job and how they are as people. So maybe once in a while, if they if they even on a rotating basis, if they if they had the uh, uh, but police do uh, the crossing of the kids. Uh, you know that might give the kids a perspective of police on a personal basis, mm -hmm. and maybe be a very much of a plus. Mm -hmm. But uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> you could talk some other things about the police. But that's that's that yeah. suggestion you made, and that yeah. and that's the sort of thing that uh, um, that if you if you get a chance to be uh, in a very positive environment or, or in a public situation like that, and that's only one of many. Whether they, whether they get out of the cruise and walked around mm -hmm. or they did other things that uh, interact with the public, then obviously that's a that's a chance to help the people see them in a different light and more important than that. Sometimes it might lead to some information that might mm -hmm. help uh, mm -hmm. prevent or uh, or apprehend uh, right. someone involved in an illegal action. Right, uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. It's communication, and yeah. it's so important. Yeah, yeah. and um, the, um, the, the last year, the... the, the uh, I don't think the city has gotten any money for the previous year from the casino, but I think starting this year, it'll start getting that uh, money. Right, we, we are. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is going to be a big help for the budget. Right, so uh, so we'll be receiving a million dollars, Right. and part of our um, community host agreement was 10% of that has to be um, allocated to charity within the community. So that's $100,000. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yep. interesting. That was part of our host agreement. Yeah. So I've been um, I've been asked to um, be part of that committee that will identify how, who, what, and uh, the process. So I, I'm very, very honored about that. That's $100,000 yeah. a year that will, you know, We'd have to be responsible yeah, yeah. for making sure we dole it out in the right way. So yeah. that's that's great. So um, the city gets money from the MRA, or actually uh, groups within the city get money from the MRA. It could be arts council, could be uh, neighborhood basketball, whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's coming from the the federal funding that the community MRA block gets. development. Yes. Right. So. Uh, would this be used as uh, the format be the same as far as people would apply? For, or I mean, apply? we haven't we haven't really started yet, but yeah. I would probably say that that's a that's a great model yeah. to follow um, because there is a process and a, you know everything's in a time frame. Um, along with myself will be um, Maria Louise and Ron Hogan, uh, so so we'll have a committee to decide. 
and uh, and public process and and the you know yeah. what we need to do to be transparent. So um, yeah, so that that's called community um, funding. So yeah, and on, another thing that we've just started last week, we are um, we are reviewing our charter. So, are you on the charter commission? I am. I thought you know, Ron Hogan was committee. my guest last week. Yeah, and he was coming from the meeting at the senior yes, he center was. here. Yeah, and he, he mentioned during the show that you were on the charter. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, that's a uh, quite a Herculean task. Right. So, but what our first meeting is? We've looked at all the big um, bullets that we want to hit on, and then we're going to take one at a time and you know vet through each one and see what is still good maybe how we can make it better bring it up to date and uh, of course then the process goes to the community so it's you know it's a it's quite a lengthy process with that so that, that's a um somewhat of a heavy lift but we have a great uh, committee so so yeah. uh, the, the, this the program or the process would be you have a commission you make some recommendations. It would then go to the city council for a vote. Yes. The mayor would approve it. Yes. It would be a home rule petition to the state, and you'd have a vote by the people in between time? And that's correct. Yeah, yeah. okay. It goes to the... A referendum question correct. would be... Okay, yeah. all right, yeah. You stuck that yeah. in that way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Medford is trying to do the same thing. I don't know how far they've progressed. Really? Oh, okay. But I talked to someone in Medford, and one of the things that this particular person thinks is a good idea... Is term limitations. Oh. No, we haven't even talked about it. I don't even think that was on the... I doubt if it is. Yeah. It yeah. would be. But I, and I, th I told that person, I said, if you if that's a big part of your program, I said, it's a hurdle. It'll, it'll, it'll yeah. go nowhere. So I'm not so sure whatever the well-intended it might be. It, yeah. The people that are be voting for it aren't going to be voting for themselves out of a job. So right. Anyway, exactly. Speaking of Medford, they just uh, passed their plastic bag ordinance. And I don't mean blue bags. I'm saying plastic bags from, like, the big uh, box stores like Stop and Shop and Walgreens. And so they're a little bit ahead of us. We're, we've just started that. We're going to have some community meetings. Um, and we're going to actually our first meeting, if I can invite everyone that's listening, uh, will be March 18th, which is a Monday night. Um, at 6.30 at the Linden School. So it's a public meeting. You know, please come and, and share your ideas and thoughts. All are welcome as we begin to um, set the stage for. Well, that's my birthday, so I hope I have a better office. Oh, it is. That's uh, right. So I hope I have a better birthday. office so I won't be away at that meeting. <laughs> I forgot that. That's right. Oh, my goodness. Um, one of the things that uh, I throw out a suggestion for the commission um, the Malden mayor gets a salary of, what, 104000 mm -hmm. And he gets 7000 stipends from the school committee position? Yeah, but I don't know if he even takes that. Oh, okay. Um, well, anyway, um, sometimes people, and it's difficult, and I, I had a bit of experience myself when I was in office about a salary adjustment. But mine was a, a, of a different venue, and there was an interesting background to it. But anyway... I think the mayor should be forced to take a raise. Um, not because 
he doesn't deserve it because, in fact, he does. But there's a, there's a real uh, need to compare what the salary in Marlin pays versus what other nearby community pays. And I, know, I don't know exactly how much Everett pays, but I know Medford is very much higher than Marlin. Everett certainly is. And as a matter of fact, um, Melrose is even higher. I think this Melrose mayor has paid about 125000 a year. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing, way, way back when, when Melrose was a town and, and the mayor's salary in Marlin might have been 50000 or thereabouts, a little bit more than that, the salary for the mayor of Melrose at that time was 25000 And um, the rationale for it at that time was that the mayor didn't want an increase, but his situation was... Uh, such that he was, he had a he was an attorney who had retired from the railroad. He'd worked for the, as a legal counsel, and uh, uh, presumably had an income from that source. And so, in some ways, if you kept the salary, and I know it isn't true in Marlin, if you kept the salary low, which maybe that's what some people Merrill used to suggest, you wouldn't get any competition to get in the election because most other people couldn't afford to take the job even if they could win. Mm-hmm. And so, but since then, it's, it's the format of the city's has changed, the charter's changed, and the salary's changed. And I do think the mayor model and the position itself, uh, and separate from how hard the current mayor works, the reality is it should pay more. Mm-hmm. And so maybe when the Charter Commission, I, I didn't think when the thing was um, set up with the mayor getting paid by the school committee since it was part of your job requirement that you should get a pay sale, mm-hmm. p- stipends for that. So maybe what they could do, maybe raise the salary more consistent with, let's say, around uh, at least 135000 and just eliminate the mayor's stipends for the school committee. Mm-hmm. And if he's not taking it now, then he won't be giving up anything. But certainly... Even at one thirty-five, he'd be underpaid by mm-hmm. other communities. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. And through the year, I met with the mayor every two weeks, and uh, we discussed uh, strategy and, and issues and concerns. The very first meeting I met with him, the very first, I sat there and I looked at him and I said, "Mr. Mayor, y- y- you're really underpaid." I said, "You really, really should consider." And he said, "Absolutely not." He goes, this is my public service. So I tried. I, he goes, I don't even, he was, didn't even want to talk about it anymore. And uh, because I, I, too, identified that that was so important. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he's, his value in he's running a city. So, And, and the, the reality will happen at some point in the future, whether it's, you know, there's an election this year, but then there's not another one for four more years. But at some point in the future, mm. For a lot of different reasons, the people that have hold a position they either go somewhere else, they get, a, they do a career change, they do, so, they have a lot of options at some point, mm-hmm. and maybe for personal reasons that they're ready to make a move, mm-hmm. you know. And and what will happen at that time is that the, 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 there'll be a new, another election, there'll be new people running, mm-hmm. there'll be a new mayor in some form because you'll have a, the the current position vacated, and. It, the first one of the first things the person is going to come back and say, look, I can't, can, can't do it for it's that unfair pay. to the office to be paid this low. Yeah. And, and at that point, to jump the salary 60000 or some such number, which would, would still put them maybe behind other communities, it would, it would look like the public, like a, 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 a financial grab, which is unfair to the new mayor at that time. Yeah. So if, it, if, if there was some increase now, at least that would, um, uh, whether forget the benefit to the current 
uh, whole office holder, but the reality it would make it more attractive uh, for uh, someone else who you might want to s- support the run and who would say I can't afford the run because I, it might be someone with kids in college or someone that's got another personal situation where they're leaving a career somewhere else that they're making more than that and mm-hmm. they're not looking to go backwards and financially. So in any event, th- that certainly should be, be on the agenda in, in the budget this year. And or at least through charter reform. And so. that could be done, yeah. Right. yeah. And, and even even uh, uh, if you wanted to, because uh, with the election this year, you get the, uh, if if the current Mayor Gary is reelected, which I don't hear of anybody opposing and running or planning to run. I although, haven't heard yet. But, but there's always possibilities. Right? But assuming that he does get reelected, then um, by that time, maybe the Charter Commission by next year, when you'll be swearing in for a new four-year term, uh, we'll be able to do something about that there. But the easiest way to do it really is through the budget mm-hmm. and, and uh, make an amendment to the, to the, st- to the status of, it, of, the, uh, of the current situation. But anyway, that's, that's my thought. I threw that one out. Um, I had Ron Hall get on last week, and one of the things we talked about was Route City Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says it's on track and on time to be occupied. Mm-hmm. And uh, Isn't it beautiful? No, I don't think so. Oh, you don't think from from the tea being behind you and looking at it, it's with a with a walkover. You don't well, think it's kind of right now to me. It's kind of overpowering because you, you don't really see the finished product yeah, on the no street. There's no landscaping. Yeah, and, and, yeah. And, and the height of the building versus what else is out there. Yeah. Um, what will be interesting is years and years ago when when they uh, did build the uh, the city hall that's no longer there, the, and um, the they shut down the street. The, 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 it changed in the minds of some people about the viability of Malvern Square as a as a commerce develop situation, mm-hmm. but I think there were there were more problems with Malvern Square without the, with the building. The building just uh, City Hall at that time kind of compounded it, mm-hmm. but uh, people started to gravitate towards malls. There was a lot more choices. There's yeah. easier parking. Lots of uh, uh, lots of reasons why people would go to malls. It's indoors yeah, for the most mm-hmm. part. Once you get out of your car, so you didn't have to walk to four, so three or four stores along um, Pleasant Street. And then Jan, uh, when George Marsh left, it wasn't necessarily they weren't making money, but they got an offer to go right. to that mall over in Medford that they refused. As soon as you think you have it all set with development, something changes. Change is so constant. It's like, you know, when it was the the era of the malls and the Square One Mall and the Burlington Mall and nobody was outside. Now you go to Linfield and there's market the marketplace in Linfield, it's absolutely beautiful. It's all outside. So it's as soon as you think you have it, something changes. Yeah, that's so. interesting. I haven't spent I have been there a couple of times and, and it's 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 a it's a large one. But now Medford uh, they've redone that mall over there, and that's which was running downhill. It's right. viable. Uh, I, I have occasions recently um, to go to the Square One Mall, mm-hmm. and uh, I wander around. Uh, excuse me, I don't wander around. I'm walk around. <laughs> and uh, I got the feeling like I'm heading to a wake. There's, yeah. there's nobody there. I yeah. mean, there must be, um, uh, yeah. and, and Sears is on, on the life support, so they probably may yeah. close that. Uh, but uh, I can't imagine yeah. when I look at the, the Square One Mall, how that's going to stay there. Mm-hmm. It just seems that, in fact, the, the other part of it, there's someone we both know works in uh, one of the stores there, and I saw her there one day as walking by, and I said, can I give you a little advice? And she said, what's that? I said, I'd look for another job. Yeah. <laughs> oh, was she at Sears? Yeah. She, sure, George Marsh. Uh, oh, oh, Macy's. Macy's, Excuse yeah. me, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah. I may be wrong. I've been wrong before. But 
Oh. Anyway, but... Uh, so another thing that I did, I just want to get my plugs in last okay. year, is um, the city council has seven direct reports, which means seven department heads report to the city council, the rest of the city department heads report to the mayor. So we have the, uh, we have the treasurer, the assessor, the clerk, the city solicitor, clerk of committees, and two compliance officers. And they report to us, and funny that we've never called them in to say great job or called them in and say, mm, you know, can you do this a little better? Never, ever, and I don't know how long. So I enjoyed that process. We, um, together with Councillor Crow, um, who was the um, chair of personnel, um, we called them in one at a time. We somewhat had them self-evaluate themselves, and I, I think that's such an important um, best practice um, you, you can't have a job and go through life and never know, am I doing okay? I mean, I think everybody needs that reassurance. So that was a first. I hope it continues. I think it's very valuable. And, uh, you know, especially for our new treasurer, Mr. Davis, he was thrilled to have that. Our assessor, Mr. O'Brien, who had never been assessed or evaluated. And um, so that was, uh, that was a great process. Glad to have done that. In, in reality, um, those jobs are, are confirmed by appointment by the council. Correct. But they're not annual. Those are several years in some instances. Well, some, some are three-year terms. Right. Some are annual. Right. I mean, each, each um, role has its own um, right. you know, requirements or qualifications or, yeah. you know. So, but that, I think that was a, a very good process. Um, uh, happy about that. So there was a lot of administrative cleanup, I think, that we did. And even, you know, the environment of council meetings and, you know, the progression. We passed, oh, my goodness, 27 ordinances last year. We passed one for demolition delay. I don't know if you've gotten to talk about that. That was no, in, in collaboration with the uh, Historical Commission. And whereas hate to say it, but whereas the church was just taken down and there was so much value to the um, first church in Malden. Your congregational with, church? Correct, yep. Um, that we didn't want that to happen again. There's so much history in our city. So it's another level of um, requirements before a developer were to come in and just buy something and... Um, take it down and put up whatever they want that's properly zoned for it and that's called demolition delay so i i think that's great i i really do it's not it's not shutting the door on anything it's just admiring what we have and i i don't want to lose that so now uh, now are you on the finance committee this year i am oh you are yep. okay um I, I get a little confused i think i have it right um i think cities are required as of red um to reserve up five percent of their budget in, in anticipation of unforeseen expenses, is in other words, things that happen that they don't know about, whether it's cost overrun mm -hmm. or emergencies and that sort of thing. More than my practice, I think, in recent years has put aside seven and a half percent. But 
I get the, I get the sense that what really happens is when they get to the end of the year or that budget year, let's say this would be June thirtieth, mm-hmm. and if Malden had um, set aside that seven and a half for this year, and let's say there's fortunately so far for snow, I'm sure the snow uh, count mm-hmm. is, is is in good shape because the we're, we're, we could have a bad March. That's right. That could yeah. Could, uh, but right now it looks pretty good. Yeah. Sometimes there's. Um, Overtime situations, and often in some instances, I know from my own experience, you sometimes underfunded, underfunded, underfunded certain city agencies, anticipating that you make the transfers later in the year. Mm-hmm. But when you get to the end of the year and you haven't spent a portion of that seven and a half, that's not allocated or reallocated for a rainy day fund, is it? Isn't it just rolled into the next budget and you well, take the seven and a half all over again? Well, I think they have to come to the council to decide. So wherever that falls, then then that's when we reallocate or, um, you know, our controller comes in and qualifies what we have. And Well, and well does the city have a rainy day fund? That's monies that are not yes. uh, earmarked for expenditure, let's say, this year and, and would have maybe carried over from a previous yes. year. Yes, yes. But, again, we you know, we've bonded out. We have, you know, it depends on what we do with that. But, yes, we do. Yeah, yep. yeah. Because w- one of the things that communities and states face is that uh, these have been re- relatively good times tax-wise and income-wise. Mm-hmm. And uh, now some... People are suggesting that states that lie, and, and even Massachusetts, they have a rainy day fund. Mm-hmm. On paper, it looks like a rather large amount, but they've also uh, used it in uh, recent years to uh, balance out a budget mm-hmm. so that uh, even in these good times, the money's not being added to it. In, in some years, there's been money taken away to, to offset the, uh, the need for it to be used in the current expenditure. So mm-hmm. uh, if you, if a city or even a state or whatever ends up Times uh, turn around like oh wait or whatever it ends up now the times is difficulty uh, right. uh, and you end up uh, as has happened well you you lay off police or you lay off firefighters yeah. oh, or you, you cut out programs at the school yeah, well, unless you have some reserves some that you reserve, can use to right. replace what you lose but we also have community preservation that's you know that's being added in and matched right now and we have our community preservation committee. Yeah. which has been so active and built a, a business pretty much with, you know, sending out grant uh, applications and, you know, um, vetting each one and where the value would be. That's for historic and, and uh, affordable housing and our open space. So it is um, earmarked, and uh, so they haven't spent it yet, but they're working very hard to get to that point, so... Stay tuned for that. That's a that's a great. Well, this is uh, is this is this the second or third year that they've been collecting the money? This is um, this is the second year okay. they have. That's about a yeah. half a million dollars. Yeah, I think it's a little bit more than that actually. I think Each year. Yes, that's yeah. right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And then of course the state matches. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's that's another great thing. Yeah. Now, uh, I saw um, something in the paper recently that the, uh, the city, and, and I don't know how involved the council was with the A, B, and B situation with people renting out their home out. Has the council done much at all with that? No, we really haven't. No, yeah, no. Yeah. We've, you know, brushed on it, but um, no, we have not. Yeah, the mayor indicated that, uh, and, and apparently they've looked at it at least from that end of it, and, and uh, um, 
the feeling in, in, by the administration at this point is not to go into it, not to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. I, I think they're making, and I, they, again, they they're certainly have more insight into what that part of it than I would, uh, speaking from a, from a sidewalks rather than inside the building. But uh, I think if they did do that, separate from the re revenue that they would generate, which the state anticipates by... And then leaving it up to communities make their own decision, mm -hmm. but the state is share, is getting a part of that mm -hmm. regardless. Um, the state anticipates um, twenty five million dollars in revenue, mm -hmm. uh, which in the state budget isn't a lot, uh, isn't a huge amount of money. Mm -hmm. But I think at the local level, separate from the revenue, you might find out that there are people who own property in the community mm -hmm. who don't live in that property. And that those people are getting a residential exemption mm -hmm. because there's no, the records aren't current, let's say, and the city's not going to go in every house and knock mm -hmm. on the door and verify that. But there are ways they can determine it. But if it were required that you be licensed to do it in addition to the revenue, mm -hmm. you would then make a determination that some of these apartments or houses that are being used for short-term rentals um, an owner-occupy where the city would then get uh, additional money and then equally as important, mm -hmm. it's being done anyway and by not the city not getting involved, there may be laxes in security and, and, and the, some of the uh, control requirements of, of codes in the city and that if, by having uh, personnel, uh, when you license them, inspect the property as you would if it were a home sale or whatever, you may find that some of these units are not uh, up to code, right. and that would protect uh, the neighbors as well as the people right. that, uh, that are living there. And in some ins other instances, they're multi-unit homes, so by not being up to code, there's another issue that may be involved. So in my view, for what I know of it, it would seem to me the city, and maybe even with the council getting involved, if they thought it was had some merit, that they would maybe take a, take a revisit that issue. I yeah, think, no, know, no, I hear you. Um, one... one um, big committee that meets every month is called Problem Properties. And it's funny. Oh, really? Yeah, pro Problem Properties. And um, what they do is through residents, um, you know, complaining or, or um, reporting neighbors or um, we have identified a lot of, you know, um, apartment houses that really shouldn't be or rooming houses and you know we take action we you know file complaints and we send our enforcement so I think in a way we've put a lot of effort to that and I, I have to say it's made a big difference especially in my ward ward three um, because of the larger homes that are there a lot of that does happen and uh, it's been big strides that um, that that uh, committee has worked with and uh yeah but i think we might look at that again ed i do uh i do hear you with that but you know right now we're trying we've zoned our cannabis um uh are they, are they ready to take off on that well we've, we've got it zoned as of yeah. last june this past june we got we have our zoning and um now we're trying to build an ordinance, build a uh, community host agreement, which is, you know, what they have to do, set fees, um, who is going to enforce this, build a, a board, per se. So we're kind of up to here with that, and we're trying to get this through because um, 
it's it's a new business and it um it's what the residents voted for and um there is some financial value in these types of businesses so um we're you know that that's where we've put a lot of effort in the last month and a half uh, this year, so well, is is the ordinance itself finalized or is, no, oh, oh, not so, yet? We're still it, yeah. drilling down yeah. on everything and trying to agree on you know what we want. But those meetings are always open, so it's interesting. It's it, very interesting. Who knew we would be at this level? But seems like a, a hot, hot topic, hot well, business. So there's is there one already approved over in the Route One? No. Uh, that's Melrose. Yes, but I, that, somehow rather, I thought there was a, uh, the, the, what confused me, there was somehow the Malden was part of it in some way. And I said, no, I can't imagine why, because it was either Saugus or uh, Melrose. Uh, yeah. so in fact, I thought it was Saugus. Yeah, no, we're not at that level yet. Yeah, no. yeah, well, yeah, well and, and actually, it wouldn't be, you're only concerned about what goes on within the city, city boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Well, some of the communities, um, uh, the ones that have already uh, approved them, and, uh, and they're getting a, a windfall money-wise because of the volume of right. business that they've been doing. and right. uh, uh <laughs> But there's been some problems as well yeah. with, you know, being the first hoss out of the gate. So, you know, it's nice to make sure we have everything as best as we can do it, you know. And we'll get there, you know. It's not a race. Yeah. So let's see. You got the co- uh, preservation money be dispersed. Mm-hmm. You, you anticipate at some point this year they'll be gr- giving out yeah, grants. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, yeah I, so. I do hope so. I think that will you know shine a light on the value of the hard work that we yeah. went through just to form a community preservation committee. And I don't know if you can recall, it was a good year and a half that you know the council and myself worked hard on that. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm looking forward to that, and uh, I think we're financially the city's doing really pretty good. Our new parking department, you know, as I'm sure you heard from Ron Hogan last week, is just phenomenal. He he came in front of our uh, council last night, and he just blows me away. The you know I, I actually said to him, I said you didn't build a department. I said you built a business in this city for such success, and I. I haven't heard any grumblings. Well, that, that's I was going to ask you. That's the question I was going yeah. to pose as far as the parking. Where Ron was on, he he says overall the uh, the response by the merchants and the people downtown has been very positive. Right. And w- one of the things that I mentioned um, when he was on the show uh, years ago, when CVS was at Pleasant Street, uh-huh. and even coming down here the, on on a monthly basis to the MATV. Uh, Rarely you could find a parking space from Pleasant Street. Oh, it's horrible. So um, at one time, I can recall before the present system was implemented, uh, coming to the show, and I I, I started on Pleasant Street a half an hour before the show started, and literally I almost didn't get here in time. I just went around. There was no surface parking. The parking lot was full. even when I went to CBS in, 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 in eras gone by, I would no, usually end up on Exchange Street and run in up there. And, you know, or in desperation, uh, I'd run over to Dartmouth Street, park illegally, cross the <laughs> street, go in and get my prescription and hope I got, got out of there in time. Uh, but anyway, um, there is a, with communities, there's a, there's a kind of a dual-edged sword. On one hand, um, the f- purpose of the, 
or the parking is to keep the uh, meters to keep the traffic moving and and not and make spaces available to encourage people to come. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that uh, and, uh, revenue raiser. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think I mean it's great that we are doing very well, but I th- I think it was we identified a problem. The the I mean, people would park there all day. Yes, they did. So move, yeah, I, I yeah. think you know, and then then you have the residents that say, well, you know, it's it's a walking city now. Well, there's still people that park too. So I mean, all kinds of modes of transportation are going on right now, and it's all good. So. Yeah. yeah. And one of the things Marlon had to do, uh, and Ron alluded to that the last week in the show, was that uh, start from scratch. You had no meters at all. No. And, and, and the, built the me- a business, and, yep. the, and the mechanics of the of the of the uh, parking meters was not even there to gr- use to replace existing no. sites. You had to do everything up from the ground up. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, so it worked out pretty well. Yeah, yep. yeah, very good. Now this year there's an election. Yes. And uh, everybody runs. That's in yeah, office. I think so. I think everybody's going to. Well, I meant by that everybody has to run to get get in again. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you a good thing that happened last night is. Um, Uh, Council Winslow proposed, um, you know, we have to approve the dates of uh, when we get our nomination papers, when we pass them back, you know, preliminary. It's it's like a ballot of dates, all statutory except the date when we can pick up our nomination papers, the very first date. Um, I I think this year it was June 18th, and then we only have like, six or seven weeks to pass it back in and it's over the summer so for the ward counselors you know i don't think it meant anything to them it was eh i only need 50 signatures but for the counselors at large you know to garner 200 valid signatures means i have to collect 400 signatures so those extra he proposed an earlier date to to pick it up no financial burden to the city and our board of registrar said that's fine you know that works out fine might be so easy for them yeah, yeah. yeah. so it passed yeah. so now the date for um nomination paper pickup is um may 14th so okay. that gives us a whole month yeah. so i'm thrilled with that that yeah. was a great yeah. suggestion yeah. And so even Progress. though, so even in office, you still have to get the signatures in order to qualify to be on the ballot for the next election. Yeah, yeah. and you know, Melrose doesn't have to do that if they're on the ballot. I mean, if they're an elected official, they don't even need nomination papers. So. I didn't know that. Yeah, oh. how do you like that? But that's okay. Gives yeah. you an opportunity to go out and knock on some doors. Yeah. 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 I recall that uh, wasn't that many elections ago that someone who had. Formalized the campaign, had a website, and was all um, geared up to, to, to run a very aggressive and active campaign. And and and, a, and I think from what I little I know, would have been a qualified candidate to consider, and um, turned the papers in the last day, just over the minimum, and it turned out didn't have enough qualified signatures. Oh, who was that? And it, um, well, I'll have to think of the name, but it was in your election, I think. Oh, maybe. But anyway, really? the point was that uh, there's someone who uh, pay, pay, didn't pay attention to the most cardinal rule: is yep. that you, you verify your records ahead of time, and and you have to have a cushion for for different reasons. People are not registered; they're not eligible to vote. There's they sign papers, and 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 uh, 
they make it seem like the, you oh you got another prospect to vote for me in the in the election yeah. day serious. and you find out after the fact oh they, they don't even register it's and uh, very serious a lot of different reasons yeah. why people sign them especially when you stand in front of a, a supermarket or a drugstore mm-hmm. or a store I do think by adding a little more time that's from the outside looking in it's more of a welcoming approach to public service maybe somebody will say you know the way it originally was oh my goodness i can't do that that's too oh, oh, oh i have a vacation or i have my kids in school still so i think by you know giving it a little bit more time people might it's a little bit more wiggle room to think about the you know their plans and what they need to do and um to run a campaign and you know malden's a very political city <laughs> Well, it is, but it um, it has changed in in recent years. Uh, some of it has to do. Uh, you, you mentioned about the fifty signatures and the and the two hundred signatures. Years ago, to run in a, in a ward, we only need five. Oh, stop it! People could do it. In, people could do it in, in one household. Wow. So, uh, and, uh, and I think at large at that time, I remember it was fifty. Really. But the five was the ward council race, and uh, again. Th- that would be a case where you'd have perennial candidates who would not campaign, and um, they had the misconception sometimes, and that's another issue, is that um, um, if there was a vacancy, for instance, in the council, uh, they would assume, well, since I ran, even though I only get 28 votes and the other person got 410, if they left office for any reason, then I'll, I'll succeed them because during yeah, the rest of the term. that's no longer. And that wasn't even uh, that was there, uh, but uh, on paper. But then there was a um, a court case, and then so you have to have a special election. Right. And, and and so people years ago would sometimes put their name in, not anticipating winning, but rather that they uh, could uh, maybe by a fluke get to be the uh, the candidate after a vacancy occurred. So mm-hmm. obviously you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But the the added time in another f- fashion is helpful to the I think in the terms of the sta- the city hall clerk department because if people wait till the last minute yeah. to turn them in for the uh, the let's say near the end of the, the time that they're required you take them out then you have to bring them back mm-hmm. um, and the city clerk's office within a certain amount of time is supposed to certify them that gives mm-hmm. them a little bit more time. Because the people will tend to not bunch up and bring them all maybe towards the last week, right, but I would right. turn them in early. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. And you know, you can continually go in and out as yes. you get them, so you don't. Lose yeah, and them. again, that's a particular advantage to make sure yeah. that you have enough. Yeah. Because uh, uh, the result would be that um, uh, if you found out you were short because some of them didn't qualify, then you could still get time to go back out, and uh, that makes it easier. And maybe. Uh, the weather isn't quite as warm in May as June, so it's easy to go knocking doors. Yeah, and it's not yeah. the summertime yeah, either, yeah, yeah. you know, because schools, you know, the yeah. way it's going now. Have we had yeah. one snow day, I think? So maybe just one. So they could be getting out of school by what, June, I don't know, well, 10th, 12th? I, I, I'm, knock on wood. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But mm. Well, I think, we, but then you got the 80, 186 versus uh, 185 versus 180. So uh, I think sometimes right. they, they schedule more days. Yeah. And you might end up going more days if you if you don't have the snow days. Yeah. So, yeah. so um, but but the fifty signatures is both for ward councils for sc- and school committee. Yes. Okay. Yes. And, and the, at uh, large is uh, two hundred. And the mayor must be two hundred. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, yeah he yeah, has the same. It must as be the same citywide. Yes. Yeah. Well, 
I think for a state rep, it's 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 part of the city, but I think it's 150. Really? Yeah. <laughs> but senator is is obviously uh, yeah. a bit more. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a change of pace. Uh, uh, away from the local uh, part of our, our forum here tonight, but that um, Senator Warren, have you, uh, without asking you for your preference in the camp, have you met her at all? I have, yes. Yeah, yeah. She's uh, she's very bright and she's very energetic, and uh, we do share a lot of the same views. Today's comments on on the news was, you know apologetic and about her her admittance of uh, Indian heritage and uh, yeah so I, I'm not sure where I sit with it I don't even know if she's actually put her hat in the race yet yeah hey you, you know you, you gotta do the right thing though if you're in politics you gotta keep doing the right thing so uh, my take on that I thought she had issues before Separate, the Indian thing with uh, Oklahoma and and a, and her parents or grandparents telling about the connection, and then it ends up her, her uh, connection goes back uh, six or eight or ten right. generations. Eight that's, generations. That, yeah. That's kind of a weak yeah. position. Uh, so I, I think she had some credibility issues then, but I but I almost think even beyond that, she wasn't as formable as she appeared to be on paper. I, I didn't. I yeah. just. I didn't think so. Now the thing in Texas is far more serious because um, she identified it more important than identifying herself as having some uh, connection to, uh, to to Indian heritage she on, a, on a, an application for her law, law uh, uh, license and that was I think in uh, 1977 or 87 97 mm -hmm. no I, I forget what but yeah, it was, I, it was, she showed us she indicated herself as, as a, a, an Indian so yeah forget it. So yeah. uh, I think maybe she'd be one of those people that um, is going to find out that once you go under the microscope, uh, especially the broader ambitions you have and the higher office you seek to obtain, mm -hmm. the more difficult some of these things, whether it's in Virginia with the governor and now it's the lieutenant well, governor I think and the I attorney general. And, the and, and everybody has accessibility to everything, yes. whereas 20 years ago, there wasn't a Facebook. Yeah. There wasn't a social media, Twitter, or any of that. So, yeah, and yeah. and it's transparency. Yeah. So, yeah. but speaking of elections, next Thursday is Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. So I'd like to invite everybody if they want to come to New England Coffee, as I unofficially, you know, announced my campaign. How can it be uh, unofficial? It's 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 official. <laughs> I actually think I announced it last year. Yeah, I was yeah. on my birthday. So yeah. so um but love to buy people a cup of coffee and stay warm. And that's at the New England Coffee? New England Coffee, yeah. And that's next Thursday. Thursday, Valentine's Day. Is it a daytime thing or it night? is ten to eleven. Okay. Yeah. Oh okay. Ten All to right. eleven. Okay. So okay. All right. um, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's for those people that are uh, within the range of this program. If you haven't met the candidate before, you get a chance. If you've met her before, you, she's unforgettable. You're probably so. sick of me, but <laughs> well, oh, just I to, hope not. Not to, not to be a campaign manager, but you did what? Two terms on the school committee? One term. Oh, of one school term. Committee. Okay. Yeah. And you're the, this, this is, just, is our, my third at this, large. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So that's, and that's continuous. So two years became two, two years, became two years. Right. 
became two more years. So right. that's okay. And um, well, in any event, uh, having the experience that you've had as a city councilor and as a school committee, mm-hmm. maybe you add a little. Because uh, 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 Peg Crow was on the school committee too. Peg, as well. Peg served on school committee, and um, actually, I think it's just her and I. Yeah. That's up there right now. I don't know no one. Oh, Steve Winslow. That's right. Yes, I served oh, yeah. with him. How could oh, I yeah. forget? Oh yeah, the reason you forget he didn't. Yeah. His wasn't continuous. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, uh, um, Just to make one thing about, uh, you mentioned about the the Senator Warren and the difficulties she's facing in this situation. Uh, In in the time remaining, I just wanted to bring up a story that was in there, unless you have some other comments. No, I Uh, I go right uh, ahead. There was an article in the Wall Street Journal. Okay. um, um, The interesting thing about life sometimes is most families have secrets, and sometimes the secrets are within the family and not all family members are aware of it. But in this, in, in this, if you if you pay attention at all to the commercials that are on television, there, there's all sorts of sources where you can go and find out your heritage. And someone will get up and say, "I thought I was Greek, and it turned out I was, you know, 27 percent European and Ukrainian or whatever right. else." So, but this is a family that uh, their roots have a Boston connection. I think they had they, they used to live in in. Uh, uh, Brookline, and what happened was one of the, there were several children in the family. One of the daughters, and both both parents now have passed on. One of the daughters um, sought out her background, her, her genealogy. Okay. And so when she got hers back, she encouraged her sister to do the same, and the sister did the same. And when they compared notes, they were one of them was related to somebody who was uh, in some fashion, because you can go to cousins and so forth, and when they tracked it back, it turns out uh, that that the family, mother and father, had had some marital issues over the years. (laughs) And at one point, they had divorced and remarried. Really? Well, it turns out, to try and simplify in the time that it's left, um, it turns out, when when they investigated further, they found out that they had... Someone who they w- it was determined was a brother to one of the sisters, and it turns out what happened was the the father had had an affair. Oh my gosh! And then w- the other, when the second sister went out and sought out her genealogy, it turns out she was not related to this person, this man, whom they didn't know existed. It was uh, it and was- when they s- explored it further, it turns out. That she was, she was only a half sister to her sister. The mother had had an affair. Oh my God! And so it's created. And she was the sister found out who her father was in Florida. But there's a there's a longer story attached to it. But it just shows you sometimes um, you don't know what's going right. to you're going to find out when you seek out your your uh, your heritage or, uh, or or your family tree. But anyway. It's delighted to have you, Debbie. Thank you, and I, I do have to say it's such a pleasure representing this city. This is such an amazing city. I think it was Monday. I went for a walk around Felsmere Pond, and I, I, I just said we have so much to offer in Malden that enjoy it. Don't, don't sit behind your computer and complain and be cranky. Get out there and look at the beautiful community that we live in. Especially uh, if we don't have any snow and the weather stays as warm Knock as it is. Knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening, and we're re- re- repeating the show on Thank Saturday and Sunday. Thank you. My pleasure.